0: Episode twenty-one, I believe. Oh, the big two-one! Let's go! Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, we are now legally able to drink alcohol, apparently.
1: Woo! Let's let it be known. However, I'm uh, devoid of it today. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay healthy. I'm watching my figure.
0: Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, this episode is going to be interesting. What's that? Because we spoke about this series that we're going to talk about today throughout. Mm-hmm the entire I think it was spring season of anime oh yeah and and on, on many different episodes <laughs> and uh, I think now we're gonna kind of do our I guess deep dive and like I guess should we th- do we think it should continue and stuff like that that's
1: too. a good and that's a good way to put it because you know if you have been listening to the podcast for a while now you may have uh, heard my <laughs> opinions on a certain show, called wise man's grandchild
0: or kinjo mago or something like that
1: <laughs> and uh you know it was as someone who really does like isekais a lot uh it's it was something that kind of came on my radar and i started watching it and it really felt lackluster at first and then eventually i was like you know what ethan for you for them i'll bite the bullet and i will watch the rest of it it's only 12 episodes so it's not like it was a huge <laughs> it was a huge commitment but um I have thoughts on it. I have, I have more thoughts on it now, and I think it's worth diving into. So what else What else are we doing today outside then, of that?
0: Yes, and then the second part of the episode will be an under-overrated, or over-underrated, that's the way we wrote it, <laughs> uh, Genos from One Punch Man. The
1: demon cyborg himself.
0: Right, so that should be interesting, but I did want to start off with a question to you about Kenjo Mago. Okay, hit me. At twelve episodes, mm-hmm. did you think this should have been twenty-four episodes?
1: <laughs> I, as much as I didn't, you know what? Opinions aside, I think it should have been twenty-four episodes. I really yeah.
0: do. Yeah. To it, me, it, when I got there, I was like, "There's more, right?" Like, there seems to be pacing issues with the twelve. But like, uh, no, no, no. Like, I think it was fine, honestly, for twelve. But like, nothing really. Like, stuff occurred, but it didn't. I didn't feel like we progressed enough in 12 episodes to be like, season one, done.
1: Right. It felt like the entire season was a tutorial level of a game. Like, it never felt like you accomplished a mission or anything right. was really solved or overcome purposefully. Uh, so for those of you at home that have not ever seen or heard the show or have heard of it and never watched it, let's give them a rundown. So wh- what do we got? Where do we start out at?
0: Yeah, so the very first scene, basically, you you come to find, there's this guy in Tokyo, you know, salaryman. He dies, gets hit by a bus or something.
1: Or a uh, truckoon
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know, truck, sundere, sundere, truck kills him. Yes. And then uh, he, somehow, I don't know, they didn't explain how exactly, but he, his, like, essence or soul or whatever gets transported into a baby that also had just died in this other world. Uh, hence the isekai.
1: There it is. And first off the off the uh, like the the start of the show usually there's some kind of mechanic behind how someone else gets to another world even if it's like teleported by somebody or even like konosuba, you know, he dies but then the goddess Aqua takes is in charge of ushering these people into a new world, the mechanic is there. And I think that's like your first and foremost, you need an isekai just kind of, Oh, Oh no explanation. Sorry. It already felt a little lackluster to me, but you know, this shin fella,
0: but I will say, I think, Kona Suba does that better than most shows i i don't think a lot of shows give you like a satisfactory answer as to how it happens it's
1: actually very true so
0: i don't i wouldn't knock it for that though like like i said they give you exactly zero information related <laughs> to that so then um basically this baby is picked up by we think these two elderly uh people
1: just some nice forced folk yeah
0: like kind of like walking by this this incident that uh, this kid and his family had died in, and they hear this baby whining, so they go pick him up, and they, I guess, proceed to raise him as their own kid. They really uh, do kind of just,
1: they're really just like, this baby, it's going to die out here. What do we do? We're just, we're just ours now, I guess. That's some, it's your, it's your eight to it's a normal kind of, hey, I found a baby, you're destined for greatness, I guess. So, we're going to have you. <laughs> so... So these, these two older folk, are they forest kind, forest dwellers? Who are they? What are they? What's their shtick?
0: Yeah, they're just randos. They're just randos? Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. So this is a boring <laughs> this is yeah. a boring isekai. Nothing special ever happens. But in reality, who they actually are, some of this world's finest magicians and, ma- and mages. Like they are the, the top of the rung. Like they're the cream of the crop. It's Merlin and what's her name? Uh, They just call her the guru a lot. No, it's like Merlida or something. Merlinda. Merlinda or something like that. Everyone calls this old man basically wise man. Hence the name. Wise man's grandchild. Whoa. And then there's the guru. And they are uh, basically raising this boy. And as they're raising Shin, Wolford.
0: Yeah, so the reason that they're considered the wise man and the guru Um, Earlier on, before all this had occurred, there was this demonoid crisis. And so what that basically means in this world, there's like base level demon that inhabit like animals and crap like that. Right. Well, in this specific scenario, a demonoid means someone who was a human became infected with demon land, you know, demon crap. And started going on a rampage,
1: hard, hard, crazed, yeah. filled, running amok, essentially. And,
0: and uh, they were kind of called on to go, you know, dispose of this demon, and they ended up doing that, and then going on from there. You know, uh, basically, that country then owed them a great debt of service, like obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where the whole wise man kind of moniker comes from, and guru as well, and his. Uh, Merlin, his, um, what? Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> merlin Sorry, uh, I just had a thought
1: about demonoids, which we'll come back to the demonoids later because I have some thoughts on them, but we have Merlin.
0: Yeah, Merlin's like kind of an attack magic, uh, transportation magic kind of, um, specialist, and she, um, uh, Merlita, I swear that's her name.
1: Oh, yeah, Merlita. I'm going to call her Merlita. Whatever. Grandma um, Merlita.
0: Um, yeah, as you can tell the names were not compelling. <laughs> not um, even a little bit. I mean, it's also been a bit for me. <laughs> I watched it when it came out and I think it's like 3 months ago now
1: or it's, two. It's it's been not even been an hour for me. It's, it's already been forgettable. But Yeah,
0: so anywho, she she kind of her specialty is imbuing magic into like threads and like into armor and stuff like that she's and the
1: world-renowned uh, specialist at this I specifically forget what they call it um magical gear essentially yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, just yeah. anything that has been endued with magical powers that is considered magical gear uh so these old random folks they're no slouches there's some of if not the best in the entire land right and shin wolfard's getting raised by these two elite master class magicians and as they come to find out he himself is quite the magician.
0: Hey, something of a prodigy.
1: Yeah, more than a prodigy. Even he is such a powerhouse that he, they feared letting him loose on the country at large. Mm-hmm. To the, like, they basically sheltered him, trained him in magic and swordplay till he was fifteen. And at ten, he himself killed a demonoid at the wee ripe
0: age of ten. I don't is, think it was a demon. I think it was like a little...
1: It was like a bear, right?
0: Yeah. It was like a higher level demon, but not a demon. Not
1: demonoid. Okay, yeah. So it's like an animals can also be demons, but they are nothing to scoff at. So that's why sure. Marilyn freaked. He was just like,
0: whoa, my kid's a freaking genius. Right. So what you don't know in the beginning is like this is super hard and super rare. Yeah. That even like just one person could kill him. Like... When you kind of move on through the series, you see how they built up their armies and, like, the different divisions of it. And it normally takes, like, a full division of, like, four swordsmen and backup, like, magicians to even take on something of this size. And, you know, Shin kills it by himself. So what is very interesting about this form of Isekai is he's reborn as this baby, but he retains all of his old... uh, you know, his 26 year old or whatever he was, right. uh, knowledge. And that includes physics, science, math, all those kinds of things. And as a power system, it's sort of interesting because to all the people that are in the world, like science doesn't exist to them, they only know magic. Right. But he comes into a world of magic with his science knowledge and is able to combine both of them and become this crazy prodigy.
1: Now, let it be known that in the past, I have said that this particular aspect of this show was a huge turnoff for me. And the reason why I said it before was... Because you're wrong. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I I didn't feel very, uh, I don't know, satisfying for the power fantasy in this world to be utilizing what I would say we would consider high school level knowledge on science to be so powerful that he's actually like could sway the ba- like the balance of power throughout the entirety of this world, not just the kingdom. Um, I have since kind of turned on that after watching the entire first uh, first season. It 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 kind of dampened the blow of me saying, "Oh, this is dumb." When I realized that it it's kind of as you were saying. So okay, fine, you were right, Ethan. Whatever <laughs> that. The
0: fact that you just figured this out now, no. is just so surprising. Oh, uh, just th-
1: it did not translate it well in the first couple of episodes before I stopped, and then I watched it today. Just I'm like, okay. trust
0: me when I say things.
1: <laughs> this is we are we do have degrees, but we do have academic debates. I've about- literally
0: never been wrong. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> so okay. no, fact check that. No.
1: Do- <laughs> so so, w- what really what made it okay, I think, for me is that. It, it really was an exposure thing. It's not that these people in this world are dumb once they finally it took them a while to grasp this stuff and the audience might be like, well yeah, obviously that's how fire burns or oh yeah, obviously this is how this would work. Uh, but we're coming from a perspective of a world that he came from. So it didn't really feel compelling initially, but then as everyone I th- I think
0: some of the lower level things that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But when he started talking about like compression and stuff like that. And anti gravity later. Right. I'm like, Like, okay. It starts to get like a little more high level, interesting, like science related as well. Right. Because I mean, like, I would probably think of something like that, but. If you're not an engineer or you're not a scientist, you wouldn't really, you right? wouldn't know that. So, so it was a little weird that a salary man came out of, you know, I don't know, <laughs> their uh, education system over there is obviously better than ours. Top but, notch. My Lord.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, after uh, Merlin and uh, the guru, because Melinda, M- Melinda, Melina, whatever, uh, once his guru pseudo grandparents realize what he is and yet he has been invited to go to a magical academy in the capital of this kingdom of earl shield um they basically the one other thing i was kind of upset about is that never really taught him common sense or his place contextually in the world right they never really told him that like they should have grabbed him by his face before he went and says you are literally the nuclear option in this world. In a world that's essentially living in medieval times, you are the nuclear option. Please be careful. And <laughs> he was never told this. Well,
0: he doesn't know what the nuclear option even means. Right. He's like or the rest of them don't. I mean, yeah,
1: true. So the, no equivalent. Like you are so strong <laughs> that if the military got their hands on you, which later they do tell him, but initially they just never give him the common sense to give him some kind of context. So, again, I can't really blame Shin for not having common sense because he doesn't have any other kind of context. So he goes to this school.
0: Well, and I think a lot of it just in general had to do with them not just straight up telling him, hey – we're, like, really big heroes, and we're stronger than everyone else. So the fact that you're kind of on par with us should tell you something. Right. Also, your uncle, yeah, he's the king of this war. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, you know, those two, like, big bro, big sis. Yeah, those are the heads of the sword. Yeah. Um, Sword. Sword academy
1: and the like, mage academy. Is that what that, that no, what that they're, was?
0: They're two different types of knight. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. And then he say, so yeah, he, "Oh, he's
0: taught by the number one swordsman in the entire land." That was like, I was gonna all these say things, and um, they don't really. Oh, sorry. Those two are the king's guard. The oh, you're right. You're right. Okay. Um, and so, like, super not Shen's fault, and like even as like a smart person, you would not know because. Like, you have no context when you're out in this, you know, the woods, right? Right. So, um, like, he's a very potent magician and <laughs> yeah. obviously potent swordsman as well, but with no other context. Like, what the heck are you supposed to do? So, right. so continue and on. I think,
1: I think it's really what it was for me was even though he found out later the gravity of the people that he was exposed to, the advantages he has basically been given in terms of tutelage and in education and experience Uh, even after that he kind of brushes it off a little bit like he doesn't get the gravity when he's told that oh your swords teacher mr michael that's oh the michael collins like that that's the former commander of the knight's order like you were taught by the literal best and he's like
0: oh i thought that was just some bum (laughs) that i knew right but i mean (laughs) once again zero context like what like, he has no idea of what this world actually knows. And that that's another problem. Growing up with Merlin, who just loves magic and does, like, crazy shiz all the time, mm-hmm. he has no concept of what's, like, a normal level magician. Like, what magic is traditionally known and what magic is traditionally, like, out of reach. Right. And uh, I think one part that they did a poor job of, well, there's plenty of parts that were poor, but... <laughs> One part they did a really poor job of was um, with Merlita or whatever her name is. <laughs> she has the ability to basically write scripts on clothing and then it will be imbued with that ability or whatever it is, right? Shiny coat. But they do a very very poor job in my opinion of like showing you what that is like what that is really. Yeah, and like all the other magic makes sense. They use like science that you can understand. Like right. he creates this this jutsu Uh, (laughs) um this magic that the world hasn't seen before it's transportation magic and he basically like you think about the piece of paper that you curl up and then poke a pencil through it that's how he does it he just uses um like the two end locations and he just puts them next to each other, and I don't know whatever magic world in his brain. Right. They really talk a lot about that to happen.
1: Right. Visualization of magic. Right. That's been a huge thing. And before they were doing these kind of grandiose chants, very high fantasy stuff, and then Shin would come out and just be like, Ah-ha! and they just like blow some shit up. Um, so Whoa! The-
0: he did that with no
1: chant. Whoa! And that's why he freaked out. I was like, why is everybody chanting? Like, why is this a thing? Uh, so when he's at this school. He then meets a oh, bunch I, of people. that's pretty
0: interesting. Okay, so if it's all about visualization, the chant is just helping you visualize. That's
1: how they did it. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's that was, felt very archaic to him.
0: I missed that, folks. <laughs> you
1: got sharp eyes over here. No, but he's at the school, right? And he starts, basically, he then, the first thing he does when he gets into the city is he beats up those uh, those muggers that were attacking those two chicks.
0: Yeah, so that uh, it was weird.
1: Yeah? So... We find out later that they are, um,
0: they're also gonna go to the mage academy and they're nobles, they're
1: nobles, so they are rich as fuck, uh, like they are super wealthy. And it seems like all the the royals in this world and the nobles have like a trade because then they all have like, oh, we have like a hot spring, like town almost, like a region, yeah, or we have this region
0: to me. It kind of seemed like, um, you, you remember Hunger Games where there was depending on the district was a different like industry that
1: had, to, had to narrow that had a narrative that has yeah.
0: like kind of that vibe like i forget their freaking name clode Claude or whatever
1: is a sicilian
0: yeah she's gd Cisinin. 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 yeah Cisinin. Her,
1: and who's the red-haired chick she gets she's the one who's always wanting it because she can't get a man
0: yeah which i don't know why but anywho yeah
1: right that's a good segue into one of the things I think they did kind of meh was the romance in this show.
0: You know, I agree. But let's just quickly finish that. So, after that... <laughs>
1: Scatterbrain, this they show is.
0: instantly, like, fall in love. Him and uh, Claude A, Sicilian. And then they go to the um, Mage Academy. And um, Merlin and Melita... God, her name <laughs> sucks.
1: We can look it up.
0: Please do. Oh, we
1: look it up. Okay, keep going.
0: Um. <laughs> They actually have a residence within this the the kingdom because obviously they're the, the grand heroes and that's where like their their home base is now and they they take the king Augustus Clo whatever his name is Earl Shide Who's
1: who's who's this person? The king? The king? Oh, uh Earl Shield
0: yeah, but it's Augustus, right?
1: Uh yeah, August Augustus is the, the is the something. prince, right? I
0: thought he was the ninth and then he, he's the tenth.
1: Oh, then I can buy that. Yeah. That's probably, Anywho, that's
0: probably um so they take the king aside and they say, Look, he's gonna go and join your school, but you cannot use him for military like strength and gain.
1: That I found that's actually a highlight of the show for me. For sure. Was how at least Merlin had an understanding and like all the people that knew Merlin and what Shin could do were very in tune with his context, even if Shin wasn't. So they were like the military, if we were to get them would shift the power so far that we would probably be our own ruin because they would try to militarize him. And I loved
0: that they had kind of a negative view of political and military systems in this world, yeah, I mean, because basically, if you've got Shin out there, you just take over the rest of the world, right? So, or maybe he thought they thought, you know, the rest of the kingdoms would find out they have this power and come and try to take it, that kind of thing, and just start a big old wars all over the place. Um, I think from a early perspective, that made a ton of sense, and then I don't know, I I kind of hated that they lost the lead on that. Yes. Like as a city, uh, sorry, the, the season went on. So just quickly trying to finish off like a quick little plot. Um, the Shillian chick that he saves, he ends up falling in love with and getting engaged to her.
1: Yeah, in the span of like two episodes.
0: Yeah, it was pretty whack. <laughs> and then so basically what they decided is he's going to be a noble of this land he defeats this demonoid that was a classmate of theirs that was transformed into a demonoid. Kurt. Yeah, he was kind of a
1: dick. He was a dick. Then he became a demon dick.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> he kicks his ass super fast, and they make him now the new hero. And <laughs> the So new hero. he's got his own residence, you know. And uh, anywho, he he was uh basically they they are betrothed to each other, and then he decides. I'm going to do whatever I want to protect this land. And it's just kind of like it really, Merlin and Merlita set up this very specific bounds to like keep you from doing that. that. And then he militarizes a group of kids to be stronger than the rest of the world. <laughs> Literally,
1: he makes a study group.
0: And because
1: Shin is so good at magic, just these kids buy his tutage. Become stronger than any other, any court magician, anything. They're literally the the strongest beings in this world that isn't a demon, I guess. That we know of. That we I mean, know they're, of. Right. They're
0: like all arch mages now, and it's like, okay. Oh my gosh! And so, like from a power escalation standpoint, it got it way out of hand. But that's what they're going for, right? Yeah. This I mean, show really lends itself to like the power fantasy of just like super escalation. And then they try to throw in this weird romance that didn't land, at least for me. and You, you know, obviously, I had a thought about why,
1: and I, and I actually, I don't think that the romance, Tumblr bait, Tumblr bait, a little bit of Tumblr bait, <laughs> but also it's like that it feels like a lot of the plot points in the show were all half measures. You know, it, this this romance felt like it wedged itself into the overarching story. Like they had a good demonoid thing going on, and then. It's almost like you heard a records like a record skip, right? Oh, and now they're gonna even fall in love. Ha ha ha! Let's take three episodes to not even focus on the main. Yeah, it was really stakes.
0: aggressively um, hard shift away from like what was actually going on. So I agree with you there. That was like super not cool in my so, opinion.
1: A, a, a show that may have done this better was Sorted Online. Weirdly enough, because they do take a shift. They do take a shift in Asuna and Kirito's like relationship, and um, but it felt like it kind of organically worked its way in and out of the story. But this one, like they saw sort of Online do something like, yeah, yeah, write that down. Let's do that. That, that looks good. But it, it, they didn't give themselves the time or anything for this romance or any of these romances to kind of naturally occur. And I think yeah,
0: I think that's the other thing. Well, and this is a world where like it's like noble arranged marriages type deal too. Oh yeah. So like, I don't know. It kind of felt like they were trying to like harp on that because they kept bringing up uh, the the prince and his like betrothed. Was it May? Uh, or no, May like was his little sister. I don't know. Yeah, Elizabeth
1: was his uh, Augie's, as I'm calling him, Aug's uh, uh, fiance. And yeah is very and, arranged.
0: yeah, so I think uh kind of an interesting p- part of this kind of uh show though was it's it showed that everyone sort of has the ability to be trained up like Shin.
1: I did like that. Uh, that's kind of why I turned around on the whole, oh, Shin's got the brain of a high school, everyone's an idiot in medieval magic land. Yeah, that's where I turned around and I realized, okay, they can get there, and they kept harping on visualization techniques for their magic. Well, because
0: even Mei, uh the prince's younger sister, like... She was good. She, she, taught, she taught herself how to fly or whatever once he explained, like, the basics, right? Right. So I think, you know, from a... It was hard to say like a training arc because there really there was and wasn't. It was just kind of him showing like insane feats, right? And then them like having to figure it out from there. And
1: a lot of what we're saying, I mean, it almost as if the the writers' room had the check like a checklist for a proper isekai, but they just wanted to check them off as quickly as possible. Everything seemed like it was there, right? We have our OP main character. We have, you know, legends surrounding him, um, special, you know, special in the terms of the power system, and you know, some love interests in there, and a threat that's threatening this world that he's become uh, a part of. Yet, none of it felt like they delivered full, like full master, like kind of like got all the way through with any of them. It fell all kind of just dashed together. Do yeah, you really feel I, any cohesion in this? I super agree with that. Yeah.
0: I, I don't um, know what to make what of it. What I was excited about was, like, potentially the the foreign countries finding out about him and, like, this group and, like, that kind of strife yeah. that I assumed was going to happen. But like we said in the beginning, it was only 12 episodes, and I feel like they were literally just about to go do that, and then they cut it off. I don't know. Maybe, maybe because of what we're saying, the lack of cohesion, the, like, hitting all these checklists maybe the studio was just like let's see if they like it after 12 you know with our like kind of half oh, effort
1: interesting so you almost feel like that this first season was a glorified pilot
0: 100 percent think that was true. i
1: get that vibe that's a good way to put it because it really was like it was this weird showcase and the studio was silverlink and they did a lot of like Kind of fate spinoffy type stuff, which is their main claim to fame. The, and don't get me wrong, the animation was good. There were some good moments of of decent animation in this, and it looked clean. Um, but nothing. It didn't strike me as special. And I mean, I can't tell if that's a that's a, a merits the the isekai genre in general and its state right now. But I almost feel like that's not true because we've had shows like Rising of the Shield Hero, and other other isekais lately that. Kind of, and reincarnated as a slime n- carved their own niche. I can't tell if this show even wanted to do that. It didn't even make any stride to be different.
0: You know,
1: uh, yeah, right? It's it's conflicting. It's a weird, weird show to try to like. And I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. You well, know? I mean,
0: there was nothing like really different, but there was. I don't know. I, I don't know if their goal was just to make an enjoyable show because I think. It was enjoyable for the it, most part. It was candy, but it, it wasn't was, like a good show. It was
1: easy. Yeah, it was if you got, seriously, if you guys got, I don't know, 4 hours to kill on a on a weekend and you do kind of like that isekai big power fantasy, I recommend giving it a look, see. I mean, and it might if anything, it's a good education to show like this is like your standard issue you could almost sweep it under the rug isekai with the rest of them.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think if it was me rating it, and it is. <laughs> I would give it probably like a sixty-five.
1: Hey, I was gonna say like a like a like a sixty to sixty-five as well. I don't know if I'd go as high as a sixty-five though.
0: I'll say sixty-five just for the hope that they maybe, maybe this was a pilot, and they'll right. tighten it up and like actually give you like the plot that you were hoping for yeah. <laughs> from this season. The next one. That's and that's kind of where I'm at. But, from all the stuff I saw online, like on YouTube and stuff like that, there was clips of like Shin showing his strength, and everyone was freaking losing their gourds over it. So I think I would have to assume they are gonna give it a second season just yeah, because so. everyone was like super on it
1: and And the thing is it has all the it has all the right beats to make for a really good second season. What you said about the other kingdoms, prime, I think that the they went really heavy. With Shin's presence as a political, uh, military type, complete shifting or rifting those systems in this world, play on that. You had that. You had a good game going. Play on that. And if you want to go the demonoid route, which there I didn't quite understand the demonoids, right? Like, yeah, what about them? So do they just like, if you get sad or angry enough, do you just emerge as a demonoid?
0: Not a single clue.
1: That's what Zest did. That the the white-haired main leader of the of the group. His backstory, spoilers, I guess, but um, he had he held a huge grudge against the commoners and nobles of his empire, and he was in line to be the emperor. But the the nobles, other nobles, did not like how how well he treated commoners. So
0: yeah, but I thought it was like something like like the classic idea of being possessed by a demon, like you had to go touch some like vase or something like that. He just
1: emerged as
0: it he just oh i'm so pissed off that was bad then
1: yeah yeah so i don't know and then he he instantly unlocked on like an insane amount of power so can anybody do this and they still seem like they kept their humanity in some way like they may be shitheads but they're still thinking like people so i don't know i don't know the demonoids are not very well defined for a main antagonist it should have been way better fleshed out
0: And I also didn't care about him at all. (laughs) They didn't.
1: That's the thing. The
0: stakes. But he did show you that like Shin isn't undeniably the best. Like there is still challengers, which was helpful to the plot. Right. And
1: and I think the one thing, the last thing that really got me were the stakes. The stakes were mentioned to be world-ending, cataclysmic, but it was all through exposition. Nothing about the plot ever. Like, nothing about the actions inside the plot themselves uh, kind of made you feel, oh, damn, these demonoids are actually world-ending threats. We were just told that over and over and over again. And what's the worst thing they did? Knock a city out? Maybe an empire? Yeah. With – so, I don't know. I
0: mean, that's, like, not that (laughs) small of a thing. (laughs) It isn't, but – Well, I mean, they did attack that other um, Earlshide, like, city as well. Right. So they, they overthrew an empire and then also attacked theirs. Is so. the Kingdom
1: of Swede. Is that where yeah, the neighboring yeah. neighboring Kingdom of Swede? And uh, Swede got hammered. Yeah,
0: they got wrecked, <laughs> dude.
1: But uh, yeah, so I mean, hey, if you guys like isekais, I, I'm not going to say don't watch it. You don't expect anything special here. Um, I have a little bit of hope for season two, but I would have to see some crazy reactions online for me to jump back into it. Uh, there are plenty of other better anime that are coming out right now in the next season that are definitely worth worth your time. Uh you know, final thoughts? I mean, you were you were kinda really liking it initially.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I enjoyed it. Like it was largely watchable.
1: Do you feel that my initial assessment of how much I didn't like it is was not correct, I guess? Maybe I had the wrong reasons for why I didn't your like it. The reason
0: was really stupid, but <laughs> other than that, like <laughs> If you had told me you didn't like it just because you didn't like it, I would have been honestly way hyper and, like, okay with that. No. But but you didn't like it because everyone else in the world didn't know science in a medieval time. I was like, wow, really
1: interesting (laughs) point, Ricky. It's not that I didn't think it was believable. I bet that's exactly how it would go. But it's not satisfying for me as someone wanting my power fantasy fix that the reason why he's so powerful is because he has the same, you know, GED level education that I do, I mean, you know, aside from my Weebology doctorate, obviously. So, but um, I've come around to it. There's other more legitimate reasons to think it's a little bit lackluster. But you got three, four hours, and you like yourself a good isekai, give it a watch. I recommend it, at least for the the for what it is.
0: Yes. Yeah, now moving on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Over underrated. Go ahead, Ricky. You want
1: me to do it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So today our over under debate. Uh, Where we take a character from a popular show and then despite our feelings on this character, me and Ethan will take a side to argue if the character is overrated or underrated. And today we are doing Saitama's single disciple, the demon cyborg Genos, and I will be taking the underrated today. And he's going to try overrated.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. (laughs) Uh, He's overrated, so this should be pretty easy.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, underrated. So if you look at his backstory, he was a... Kid who had his family killed at fifteen by a cyborg.
0: Cry me a river. Oh my
1: gosh! And what did he do to <laughs> Cried get him back? Cry to cry to river, I guess, to the doctor yeah. who made him into the thing that he despised most and that killed his family—a cyborg himself. And he wants to become a top hero to get back at the uh, entities or the forces that be that killed his family. And in just four years from that incident, he has gotten strong enough to instantly get placed into S-Class. Instantly get placed. So whether or not he is, you know, destined to stay at that level in S or keep rising, which I think he continues to do, you know, the strongest man in the world right now, Saitama, only made it to C, even if he is under undervalued, underappreciated. Janos went right to S, and he, his body count, if you do look at who he has defeated, he has defeated more people than he has gotten defeated just by sheer numbers of monsters to, his Monsters beaten. I've heard another argument, a couple arguments where it's like, oh, he gets my a lot, but he is surrounded by Saitama, who attracts god-level threats and insane-level threats. So he keeps getting smacked in the in the hopes that, you know, in the plot hopes that Saitama shows up and saves the day, as he tends to do. But he's fast enough to keep up with Speed of Sound Sonic. He is able to at least spar in some capacity with Saitama and survive. I mean, Tank Tom Master tried to do the same shit, and with one hand grab, got down on his knees and couldn't fight anymore. Where Genos, you know, even if he gets beat up, he is still so rebuildable that even when he gets beat up, he almost gets a Zenkai boost, Dragon Ball Z style, from the doctor. Oh, I have new parts. I'm going to make you even stronger every single time. He is your standard Shonen progression, but he is the one that I feel that more people root for because he has kind of that spirit, that backstory, that really like promising character development that we don't really kind of get with Saitama. He provides that as a character. He is kind of our he's our proper character development we kind of latch onto. He kind of has that same Moomin Rider feel to him, but he's not getting beat up as much as Moomin Rider. But, uh, yeah, I think he's wicked strong. He's an actual prodigy. He is built and continues to get built to get stronger, and he is now in the upper echelon of heroes. You know, even despite Saitama not getting there and probably really should be there, uh, Demon Cyborg has a huge reputation for being one of the strongest heroes in the series. So he's highly undervalued because of that reason
0: so you're done now yeah okay guys
1: i'm salivating to rebuke you
0: there's a there's a lot of problems with genos number one i personally think he's boring af like what like there i don't see the point of him there's multiple other cyborg type s class heroes they just don't fawn all over, you know, Saitama, right? <laughs> yeah. I drive Nights, way cooler. Emperor, Kid Emperor is really cool. Um, nobody knows about Blast or whatever. Uh, I don't know. To me, first of all, the fact that he keeps getting rebuilt stronger, I don't think makes him underrated. I think that might make Dr. kusuno underrated. <laughs> uh, my, my problem is when, when you talked about his de- various victories and things like that, um, you have to think of, like, I don't know, I think of everything in, like, power levels and, like, um, forms like you would with, with uh, Dragon Ball Z, right? Like, Super Saiyan 1 Gohan would get wrecked by Super Saiyan 2 Gohan, you know? And, like, even though he barely beat someone at Super Saiyan 1... You know the person that he barely beat at super saiyan 2 is probably stronger type deal right okay so for me what's really like you know you, you said and i looked this up too like his win-loss ratio is like actually better than you expected it to be Hmm. but i think the problem is what it doesn't tell you when you look at just the win-loss is like the battle damage incurred because if it wasn't, there's there's a reason that it's a meme that Genos can't get out of a fight without having to be rebuilt, right? <laughs> like he straight up does not survive a fight like in good health. Not a single time. You know, uh, I was I was I was reading through the list of all the you know engagements he was in that he won, and one was the the meteor engagement. Um, it claimed it was a victory, and it was him, uh, Bang, and whoever else. I think it was just uh, Saitama, too. I think yeah, Saitama and yeah. all these dudes just killed these uh, meteors. And then at the very end, I don't even know exactly what happened. I just don't remember. It was season one. <laughs> um, and that was like four years ago now. Um, he, I think he attacks Bang or Bang accidentally hits him or something and just gets splattered against a wall.
1: Uh, Who does? So during the meteor, the meteor scene? Yeah,
0: no, they beat the meteor or whatever yeah and then he gets splattered against a wall and he's like dead
1: i think that's the sea king he that no no? because i thought during the meteor he basically tries to use his entire energy supply in a blast and then he basically fails and he's basically running out of juice and then saitama jumps up hits meteor splashes all over city z and uh then the scene ends with saitama's like Oh shit!
0: No, I don't remember who kicked his ass, but somebody at the very end—I want to say it's Bang.
1: Maybe Bang did it.
0: I don't know why, but anyway, hmm. he smacks him into a wall, and he's like broke all his arms and stuff like that. Oh, this is what happens. Bang asks Saitama for a duel, like a fight. Okay. To like, cause he wants him to join his dojo. Well. Saitama's so was like, "No, fight Genos." Oh, and that then he scene! Gets spanked. He gets
1: spanked. He does.
0: And like sprayed all over the wall type deal. <laughs> um, so to me, like a victory isn't super like impressive because he's just gonna go get rebuilt. Like, like think of other care, other S class heroes. Think of you know even the ones below him, right? So I think when he starts off, he gets ranked fifteen or something like that. Yep. So there's Tank Top Master and there's Puri purry Prisoner, and maybe like a couple more that are below him.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe at the end of like when he go, climbs, is he above Metal Bat yet? Metal- yeah, that's okay. right. Metal yeah. Bat's
0: below him as well. The difference between, <laughs> you know, Genos and those three is. They have to, like, not get killed. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it is not impressive to me that he comes out every fight and just, you know, blows his load, essentially. <laughs> he
1: does. Machine gun blows. Right? And then he gets mm.
0: he gets dismantled every fight. And he might have won, but if he wasn't a cyborg, you know, he's done. You know, that kind of thing. Like, Purry Purry Prisoner is more of a hero, in my opinion, because he's putting something on the line. Like, this dude is putting absolutely nothing on the line. And he's absolutely like getting wrecked every time. He might be abating the threat slightly. He's also getting off screen quite a few times, at least in season two. I know Goketsu kicks his ass. Um, there's a couple other that do like off screen him. I think and then, Elder Centipede
1: kind of crushed him too. Yeah, Why he, am I helping you? No, keep going. <laughs> I'm like helping well, you in your I was argument. Say that too.
0: But anywho, you know, f- from like a compelling character perspective, I don't think he's he's like. He's way overrated in that regard. Like, people fawn all over him, and I just I find nothing compelling about him. The only thing that's cool is that he keeps like asking Saitama like for wisdom, and Saitama's like, "Yeah, dude, all I did was I ran a <laughs> 10k, I, I freaking did 100 pushups, and I did 100 situps every day. Like, that's literally it, dude. Like, Can't I, forget about your squats. I have to tell you, and then you know, Elder Centipede. He fight, He tries to fight him. He gets dismantled, essentially, and he's, like, I think he's, like, out, like, one arm and one leg or something at the end of the fight, and he asks Saitama, he's, like, Master, what did I not do? And he's, like, I guess you didn't try hard enough. Yeah, I remember that. It's, yeah. actually pretty funny that he writes it down like it's gold. Yeah, he just claps <laughs> him up pretty hard right there. Uh, pretty savage on Saitama's uh, savage. part, but... Yeah, I don't know. There's just not really anything compelling about his character. He's not, got no real stakes because they don't let him, like, just die like he should. They rebuild him no matter what, so it's not impressive from a hero perspective. And I don't know. There's, there's a, something, I think, different about the philosophies of um, Saitama and Genos. Like, Saitama's doing, doing hero work, like, for fun, but also just to, like, be a hero Genos is doing it for like straight up revenge. Like there's no there's no real point to Genos being an S-class hero. He's only there so he can try to get as much information and whatever. And then in the first se- um uh, first season, Drive Knight tells him, "Hey, be careful." Like uh actually was it Drive Knight or was it the other dude?
1: It was Drive Knight saying, "Watch out for Metal Knight." Yeah, Metal Drive Knight. Drive Knight was Kid Emperor's invention, right?
0: Yeah, that's yeah, right.
1: And he's, he's so good at an invention, he's actually top 15, I think, which is pretty cool. Um,
0: yeah, so anywho, there's, there's multiple other cyborgs above him, and they don't seem to be dismantling and getting rebuilt every fight. So, you know, yes, his win-loss is fairly impressive, but what they do not say, like I said before, is you can win a fight, but then if you're not a cyborg, you'd be dead. Type deal like, I think even even the first couple of fights he he's in he would have lost had he not been a cyborg. And then there's like I guess a question right? It, are you are you really the hero if you're being rebuilt by Doctor Kusanow or is Doctor Kusanow the hero? It's it's an interesting that's, thought.
1: That's worth actually. That's an interesting thought too, because it. Well,
0: I'm done, so we can continue. Okay, talking.
1: yeah, yeah, but yeah. So your your main argument is that for Genos, there's nothing really on the line. Do you think that maybe it's just come? He is putting like if his core gets broken, there's no coming back from that. That's just it.
0: Yeah, my so, problem is his core should have been broken, and all this battle damage he's got. They're just like plot armoring him.
1: Well, yeah. So I mean. I don't know. I feel like that he's still fighting because I don't know if the revenge thing is his fuel motiv- motivator as much anymore because when he does fight for the citizens, he does. He is fighting to protect, not to, oh, like you are the embodiment of like who killed my family or whatever. He is trying to be a genuinely a proper hero. If he was really that revenge bound or trying to be. I don't know. I think be- he,
0: he does a lot of like collateral damage, like destroying cities type <laughs> deals. When,
1: however, when he did fight against the Queen Mosquito Chick, he did make sure before he incinerated the entire, like, horde, the swarm, that there were no people within, a, like, oh, a couple hundred meters in any of a direction. And Saitama got there so quick that he couldn't see him coming. That's the only reason why Saitama got caught up in that blast. So I think he has a genuine concern for the citizens Collateral damage, yeah, I can give you that one. But I think if he were truly a hero for revenge and only revenge, he wouldn't give a shit about what he did to the people. You know.
0: Well, he's going to get kicked out of S-Class if he starts killing a bunch of people, I think is, is really the, the point. I think there's... Also, he's got a flaw in his philosophy. He sees Saitama knocking everyone in one hit, right? Mm-hmm. And he thinks power is the only answer. So, every time he goes to Dr. Cousineau, he's looking for more power rather than, like, I don't know, speed, um, nuance, whatever, with his already-gotten power. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you you have to, as a viewer, think, like, like, I don't know, he just seems very one-dimensional as a character. Like, he only cares about being equipped with a bigger incinerator <laughs> cannon or... I want,
1: I want more blows in my machine gun blows, please. Thank like you. W- I
0: would say he was definitely cool Yeah. when he fought in the sweatsh- uh, the cutoff sweatshirt against Garo, it's who was rad. already super hurt. So, like, that's nothing very special. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, that was sick when he, like, used his boosters to fly back up. That was rad. That was really rad. And uh, I don't know, like...
1: I think a lot of – I think what you said about him being one-dimensional and he has flaws in his personality, I think that's why I consider him a little underrated because he's supposed to be that shounen main character archetype, and I guess that flatness is – it feels intentional. It feels a little bit intentional because, yeah – Oh, I get beat up. I get I get so beat up I can't even move. I need more power, rinse and repeat. This seems to be a common formula in old shonen tropes, and that's the whole one-punch man formula is that it's supposed to be this big commentary on the whole the genre as a whole and different characters found within. And Genos does plays the role of that perfect uh stereotypical main character power escalation dude. And it's juxtaposed against Saitama's literal god strength that he keeps every increment is like a drop in the bucket compared to what Saitama can do casually. So him getting wrecked, it all kind of works into his character. And he's underrated because he plays all those parts, I think, very, very well. Um, So, uh, yeah, I'm curious about the flaws in him. I can't tell if that's, you know, laziness or that was designed, you know. As as a as a, char- as a character, I uh, think it's
0: definitely designed. He's designed to be a doormat, and he is a doormat. <laughs> That's why he's overrated, right? I don't, you know. I okay. Here, I'll put it this way: if only season one existed, he's not S class hero.
1: Interesting. Interesting. The
0: fact in season two that they showed you A class heroes and they're all kind of absolute nothings garbage. Except for a my mask who's actually like a straight up god.
1: I think he didn't not want to be S so he can stay at the top of A to do his like movie shit, right, music right. shit. Yeah, yeah. Interesting.
0: I'm just saying he he is not like, I don't know. I think unless you have other other people to base him off of, he's not really S class in season one, right? And mm-hmm. then like season two, like at that point like you said, so many Zimkai boosts, and he's been rebuilt like a gajillion times, you're essentially not talking about the same cyborg you talked about from season one. That is true. You know, that kind of thing. I don't know, I just, I think he's overrated because he is more of a creation, less of a hero, in my opinion. I think, you know, you look at Drive Knight, who was, you know, Child Emperor, whoever whoever that dude's, uh, like, friendo was. I think he's one of their creations, and then yeah. he just decided to go solo.
1: But does does this make Metal Knight any less of a hero then, by that logic? He's technically a better hero than Genos, right? Because Metal Knight, we've shown kind of glimpses of him in Season 2, that he's kind of fighting from like a command center. He's never really in harm's way. Is Metal Knight any less of a hero than Genos? That's an interesting question.
0: I think they're both the same amount of hero. I don't think, (laughs) I do not think Genos is a hero because I don't think he has like any real, like you said, like nothing on the line, just like Metal Knight. Interesting. Interesting. I guess this debate will never be answered. I don't know if it
1: ever will be, but if if you want my honest opinion, aside from what side we chose, I think he's a little overrated too. I have. (laughs) I really do. (laughs) Um,
0: good because so do i yeah
1: so like when i chose underrated i'm like oh man but he's like super strong and as i'm looking more into him i'm like yeah but it's what you kind of said if really what he wants is revenge why is he a hero
0: that's my question why is he why did he ever join it's contradictory the heroes association just to be able to fight stronger people
1: then sure. I mean, couldn't you seek that on your own? I don't know. It it feels odd to me that he finds that this is the path to, I guess, redemption or revenge for his family. This seems like the wrong way to do it. Uh, But now that he is a hero and he did make S-Class, you would think, uh, you know, and I, I hate that he was written to be the doormat you talked about because I think aesthetically he is super, super cool. He's a super cool
0: yeah, character. He's cool, but I think, you know, like you're saying, he's written to be this doormat. And I don't know, I think he's written to feel underwhelming. I think he's literally written to be overrated because as the viewer, we are literally watching Saitama be Grossly underrated, right? As the strongest being on Earth, as far as we know, we don't know what Blast Deal is,
1: right? And he's kind of the flat. That's the thing. Genos is meant to be the flashy boy. He's meant to be the guy with all the combo moves. Well, I and didn't incinerators. even mention this,
0: but he, I think later he actually rises up to rank seven or something like that. Oh yeah, and that means flashy Flash, yeah, Watchdog Man, Zombie Man. All these guys are ranked lower than him, and it's Which like
1: is insane to me, right? Like you would think Watchdog Man would probably kick his Ass, right dude. and yeah. i think
0: he really freaking would yeah and zombie man's in literally invincible so i don't get the point of that
1: yeah so i think i think it's unfortunate that a character as cool as genos never really got a a moment of like my storyline has had a milestone there's he never gets a milestone he is a demon doormat sadly and i don't know if one designed him that way or not to be that way but you know, I think they could have used him more. There was more there to be done. So, man, were you right today? Were you right today, well, Ethan? I,
0: and I, I think the only thing that was like a saving grace for the underrated approach was his win-loss record.
1: It's better than you think, isn't it?
0: Well, it's it's hard to, like, argue it. And then, you know, I just had to take this stance of, like, yeah, but he, like, if he's not a cyborg, his win-loss ends at one win. That's a, that's a good point. Because but did, he's completely rebuilt every time.
1: Right. And I think, I wonder if he fights the way he does close combo, like machine gun blow, as we've been saying. He gets in there really, like, really close combat. Because he knows if he loses an arm or a leg, he's good. You know, would you fight, if you were in his shoes, would you fight knowing you would be more rebuildable than the average person?
0: Well, that's what I mean. Like, that's why I think Perry Perry, Prisoner, Metal Bat, all those dudes below him are actually better heroes quote-unquote uh,
1: they get in the same way fighting style almost but they don't have the same well luxury. no
0: but, oh, like they have to protect themselves in in a way that allows them to fight the next battle right interesting so thoughts. that's where I, that's my points so can uh, we can
1: we say that the doctor is the real underrated one here for sure he is a you know that, that mushroom head is covering an abnormally large brain because I don't know how or why he is allowed, like basically Genesis's pet project. Where did you get a, the money? Right, he's,
0: is he like this Doctor Eggman type, where he, he might just like be. massive? Dr. Ed, no, he's Capsule Corp. Uh, he's Bulma's dad. Yeah, where the hell did he get the money from? <laughs>
1: oh, I use my capsules to steal everything from my company. What what awesome tech! <laughs> so, man. all
0: right, folks, uh, that was fun. Um, please like comment subscribe if you are on youtube right now we are filming these podcast episodes now yes please um if you would like to see our faces and or other things around my apartment slash laboratory <laughs> feel free to watch that on youtube
1: yeah we're in the hollow deck of yeah. the laboratory out in the middle of the ocean and we actually made it look just like ethan's apartment you know just to keep it cozy crazy, just right? keep it cozy so also if you want to listen to any of the the podcast itself you know apple Podcasts, spotify google podcast stitcher or anywhere else you go and find your audio content specifically podcasts um but we're, maybe we'll come out with a weeb album in the next uh couple <laughs> decades um would you want to do an album ethan uh, uh like a rap album
0: i wouldn't do a rap album but i could do like <laughs> a real weird like lo-fi anime mix Ooh. there's actually a dude i'm a fan of and i'll just give him some free promotion because he's the boy uh his name's rude it's like R Rude. U with a O O umlaut or something above it, and then D E. And he does a lot of like uh, Japanese infusion, like lo fi hip hop type deal. Um, That's really it's cool. It's also got like, uh, like takes some of the Naruto scenes and makes lo fi out of them, like with, with uh, like Naruto show um, vocals and stuff like that.
1: That's actually really cool. I yeah. have to look him up. So yeah. Eat a boy. Rude. Rude.
0: Uh, also, we have an Instagram. Um, Please follow us on there. Yeah, memes be popular. Pop Hello memes, and we also post some like midweek updates occasionally when we have the uh, the wherewithal to do that.
1: Yeah, you know, we got our nine to fives, but this is our this is our real ambition. This is our real real passion out here. Yeah. Yeah. So uh thank y'all so much for listening today. Yes. I'm Ricky. And I'm Ethan. And this has been Weebology. Peace. Obtuses.
0: Obtuses. <laughs> I like don't know, that. man. I'm, I like I'm that. running out. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>